Welcome to episode one of the Learning Disability Nursing Podcast, our first pilot episode. Thank you for taking the time to listen. We are always keen for feedback. Please find us on Facebook at LD Nursing Podcast and on Twitter at LD Nurse Podcast. Thank you very much. Enjoy. Welcome to anyone who is able to listen in. Uh, great to have you with us. Um, this is the... This is the, We've just got two people join us. Excellent. Oh, great. This is good to see. So this is the first time we, we're trying Twitter Spaces. Um, we're hoping it's going to be a, a useful way of, of having a conversation, but it's it's like having a live conversation that anyone can listen into. So um, yeah, please be aware that anyone may listen in. Um, but we thought it'd be good to have some live conversations about learning disability nursing. We're going to give this one a go and, and see how we get on. Um, hopefully you enjoy it and uh, and and do take part. I think you you should have options where you're able to request the mic and, and you can um, say things to us. Um, and uh, I think you can also share emojis and things like that as well. So please do try and interact. These things are going to be best if they are interactive. Um, I am Jonathan Beebe. I'm the RCN's professional lead in learning disabilities. Uh, proud learning disability nurse for 20 years now. Uh, Bobby, do you want to say hello? Yeah, so I'm Bobby. I'm, I'm an inspiring uh, learning disability nurse. I've wanted to be an LD nurse since probably when I was 20, over some 14, 15 years ago now. Um, but just the opportunity to be able to do it was never there the way it is now. Um, and yeah, I've worked in social care for 14, 15 years. I'm really excited to begin this journey. And I kind of set out to set up this podcast to promote learning disability nursing. Obviously, most of you are all current LD nurses, so you know how amazing and great it is and rewarding. Um, and yeah, so I kind of wanted to reach up other audiences as well. Fantastic. Uh, I think you've got a promising career ahead of you for sure with with an attitude like that coming into it before you've even started your training. So that's excellent. Um, now, can I ask, for those of who are listening, is anyone brave enough to request a mic just so we can give this a go and see how it works when you request to speak? Anyone brave enough to just introduce themselves to us? We won't keep you on the mic for ages. You'll just get to say hello and we'll we'll put you back on again. Okay, I'll take that as no. <laughs> it was a good experiment, but we'll, we'll take that as a no. So the, the key part of today's conversation, it was we were going to say it's about um, celebrating learning disability nursing and all the different roles that we have. Oh, we've got a request for it. We've got two requests. Let me... Um, There we go. If you unmute yourself. Can Does that work for right. Yes, Zach, you're connected. Yeah. yeah. Hi. <laughs> um, no. I, I just stumbled across this by accident, actually, and I won't be able to stop for long, but um, I was happy to test the mic. So, hello, I'm Saf. I'm a community nurse um, in learning disabilities in Worcestershire. Excellent. Thank you, Saf. That's great. Good. Great to have you join us, and, uh, and yeah, thank you. Hopefully, um, we are experimenting with this, and hopefully it works well. I'm, uh, let me see, I'm going to remove you from the speakers now. Yes. Kate, okay. did you want to introduce yourself? 
Hi. Yeah, no, I was just doing it to be helpful. But Thank you. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm an LD nurse as well, but not currently working in a strictly nursing role. It's slightly different, but still in learning disabilities. So. Yeah. Brilliant. And Kate, can you tell us, is there just a button you press to select the mic? Because we can't see what you can see. So. Yeah, I think so. There's just like a request mic in the bottom left-hand corner and you just tap it and then all of a sudden it sort of comes up. I think one of you, either one of you has to accept it and then have to unmute. So, yeah. Perfect. Thank you. We're getting to know it. Yeah. Cool. No, it's good. This is interesting. I just got notifications, so I'm intrigued. <laughs> Brilliant. So, Bobby, shall we shall we start having a chat? And I say, anybody, yeah. if you want to um, request the mic, please do. Absolutely. Um, so I think we wanted to start off with talking about how great LD nursing is and the wonderful role that it plays in the people's lives, the wonderful people that we support. Um, I know that my first foray or experience of uh, learning to ability nurses was working with an LD nurse within a community team who came out to um, facilitate and enable access to someone to healthcare, whereas we were having multiple barriers before going into the doctor's surgery. They were refusing to come out. They were refusing to make any reasonable adjustments for them. And the community team, this nurse appeared, and again, I just assumed she was a nurse. I didn't realise at the time that there was mental health nurses, children's nurses, LD nurses, and I thought, oh, here we go. See someone who's not going to understand what, what they're doing. But actually, she completely blew me away. And it kind of, that's what kind of gave me the, the urge to be an LD nurse because she enabled this young man to have all of his health checkups that he needed. She was able to do all the bits and pieces that she needed to make sure he was healthy and well and if he needed anything, um, which was just, it blew me away. And I said to her, I said, oh, well, are you just a nurse? And she went, no, no, I'm, I'm a learning facility nurse. I'm not just any nurse. Um, and so I've never forgotten that. And I think that's how, how amazing LD nurses are. Brilliant. I, there was a, a paper that was written by Stephen Rose. Um, it's on the learningdisabilitynurse.co.uk website if anyone wants to look at it. Uh, and he's reflecting on his career in, in learning disability nursing there. And he, he mentions there about some informal research he did. Um, and it found that there were 120 different roles that learning disability nurses had, 120 different job titles. Now, there may have been some um, some overlap there, some roles that were very similar, but um, but it just shows the diversity in what we do. And I think what I've found throughout my career is you will find learning disability nurses all over the place. Um, I've been into CAM services, into mental health services, prison services, and they just they just pop up everywhere. Um, and sometimes um, services have gone intentionally to recruit a learning disability nurse because they know what we bring. And other times it's been that a learning disability nurse has applied and said, I've got these skills and I think that's why I'm great for this role and it's been really valued by them. And I think, for me, that is really important that LD nurses occupy such a huge and diverse role because of what they bring and knowledge that they bring and hopefully will continue to bring into the, into the field of nursing and also into social care. Definitely. 
I think in some ways being such a small field of nursing and being spread out can mean that our, our voice can sound, sound a bit quieter, um, which is where social media has been really good. And I think we're really well networked and we're, we're a very proud profession. Um, and we've, we've got to look at how we can carry on speaking up for each other and, and being proud of what we do. And I think what was really poignant when I interviewed for my uh, position at the University of Winchester was I was told that um, LD nurses still represent the smallest number of applicants and the smallest cohort of the four branches of nursing. But then I'd like to put a positive spin on that. Maybe, we, maybe we're just more exclusive. Mm, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. And I think as well, if, if when you're training as a learning disability nurse, that that poses opportunities and challenges because you know you think what what skills you need do you need to learn as as a student nurse and when you mm-hmm. when you're a qualified nurse because you you could be working in in any setting and you've got to get a real good holistic understanding of people with learning disabilities and then a good understanding of the wider health and social care system because yeah. um, you've got to be able to apply your skills in in those settings and and i think probably one of the, the biggest skills we have is is being an ambassador for people with learning disabilities we we stand up for their rights we we promote their equal access uh and you know we 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 enable things to happen we we're there opening doors for people and i think that part of it there are such a thing as an independent advocate but i think that is very much part of what i've seen ld nurses do um, I mean, I remember quite a few times where I've I've got myself into trouble because I've stood my ground when things are wrong, and and I I won't be prepared to step aside. And I think that's often what I see a lot of LD nurses not getting into trouble, but they they will stand up for people and, and won't back down because it's, it's it's wrong and it's not okay. Yeah. And going back to when I qualified, um, which, it wasn't long yeah. ago, Jonathan. <laughs> It was 2002, so it was, it was quite a long time ago now. <laughs> um, but really thinking back to then, um, there, there was only really two career opportunities as such. I mean, there was diversity within those opportunities for sure. But it was either inpatient settings or community. There were some opportunities in children's services and you know, respite services and things like that as well. Um, but... But the primary routes for learning disabilities would have been, uh, yeah, inpatient services or, or community. Um, and it feels like those roles have expanded as well. So, we, we know, a lot of um, there's been change in the provision of, of specialist learning disability inpatient beds. There's fewer of those around now. Um, there's more equal access to other inpatient services, perhaps, um, and, and making them to be more suitable. Uh, and a lot of focus on discharge and how we help people to be discharged from inpatient services. But uh, thinking of community services as well, you, you, you've gone from having just a standard community team um, that would have, would have met a lot of the needs of people with learning disabilities to having them plus intensive support teams. Some have autism services attached to them. Um, they can have uh, links with mental health liaison services, criminal justice liaison service, forensic services, um, and um, hospital liaison as well be, being a newer branch of that as well 
I think the 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 wide range of areas. I mean, like I say, like you were just saying. I mean, I know LD nurses that work within community mental health teams. Um, you know that there is such a vast array, and I mean, like you said, going back to the early two thousands, LD nurses predominantly worked in inpatient services, mm. whereas actually our goal and and kind of primary aim as myself as a future LD nurse would be to prevent that from being somewhere that people go uh, into inpatient services. Um, and I'm, I'm, I've always said as someone with lived experience of being restrained that I'm pleased we live in a world where we recognise poor practice. We don't always do something about it, I don't think, all, all the time at the minute uh, for various other reasons. But I think we, we're very good at recognising when things are wrong now. And, and I think I'm really grateful we live in a world where that is something that we do recognise now. Mm, definitely. Um, no, I've lost my train of thought. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've got to be careful because my um, course leader uh, for, for my course is, is, is joining us. So I've got to be nice and polite. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I guess the other thing I wanted to kind of talk about and share with everybody, because I, and it's guests with people like Jonathan and yourselves in, who are joining us today, um, the kind of career opportunities for nurses and where do you, where once you're qualified, where, where do you go? Where do you end up? Do you always end up working in the NHS? Do you work privately? And what are the kind of um, like career progression ranks, if you like, want a better word, how you move up the grades? What does a clinical nurse specialist look like for an LD nurse? What does an advanced nurse practitioner look like? And what does a nurse consultant look like within learning, within learning disabilities? I mean, from from my perspective, I think the opportunities are endless. Like, if anyone listening in wants to join in, please do request the mics and, and, and be part of the conversation. But um, I really do think that there there are endless opportunities. We know that about um, half of learning disability nurses work in social care settings, and I think we've got a lot to do to promote recognition of nurses in social care and, and what they do there. Lots go into management and into education and into standards work, so that there's lots of opportunities down those routes as well. Um, oh, we've got a request for a speaker. Let me just see. Oh, Dorothy. Hi, Dorothy. How are you? Hello. Hi, Hello. Uh, my name is Dorothy. I'm um, Dorothy Kupara. I'm a senior lecturer and course leader for learning disabilities at University of West London. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, Thank you. when you were inviting people to talk, I didn't realize that um, I, had to, I had to give Twitter access to my microphone and all that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> we we experimenting with this platform and learning as we yeah. go. No, thank you. Yeah, I just want to respond uh, where Bob is asking um, opportunities for learning disabilities nursing, and I just want to talk about my own experience just to show. Uh, you know, so many opportunities that are out there. Uh, for me, I started off working in residential services, then I went into the community, then I did liaison nursing. Now I'm in, um, I mean, now, I'm now in nurse education, and uh, now I'm doing my PhD, and I've kind of rekindled my interest in research, and I can see oh, myself excellent. going towards research. And uh, at the same time, I'm also a non-medical prescriber, so just by that, you can see 
um, you know, opportunities, yes, that um, mm-hmm. that uh, that have come about because of my learning disabilities uh, nursing background. So I'll say the sky is the limit as long as you're willing to apply yourself and, um, you know, network widely and um, always go for those opportunities when they become available. Um, I think, yeah, that's the shortest way of putting it. Yeah. I, well, good luck with your PhD, soon to be doctored Arabic. <laughs> yeah, be, very soon. Fantastic. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, what are you doing in your PhD? Yes, um, my, my PhD, I'm looking at the roles of learning disabilities, um, liaisonesses, because this is a very Amazing. new role in learning disabilities. Um, I remember when I did my nurse training way back in 2002, there were traditional roles where it was community nursing or you work in inpatient services, but uh, when the micro, uh, you know, report came out in 2008, mm. we started seeing the the liaison role, and you can see that it's uh, becoming popular, or it's becoming, uh, yeah, it's becoming popular across uh, the UK. So what I'm exploring is um, what is it that that they expected to do. Because when I was doing the role, there were lots of challenges. And uh, also going into literature, we can see that um, everyone says that it's a, it's a, uh, you know, it's a very good reasonable adjustment for people with learning disabilities. Uh, but what I'm interested in finding, finding out from the liaison nurses is, um, are they getting the right support in the hospital? Because these are learning disabilities now working in acute services. So it would be interesting to find out um, how they are doing in acute services. Definitely. I, I think, as you say, it's quite a new role. I think we started having liaison nurses probably about 10 years yes. ago, but it, it's still quite new and emerging. Yes. Um, we know that across the country there's not consistency yet in, yeah. in um, having liaison nurses in hospitals yeah. and that there's different bandings, different expectations for those roles. But you'd expect that, I think, from a new role. Yeah. And and what what are you doing? Is you you're promoting evidence about what's working yeah. um, for people who've learned uh, new career pathways, which is excellent to see. Um, and I think it's it's a bit like people who learn disabilities themselves. You know, uh, as learning disability nurses, we've been locked behind closed doors, shut away from everyone to see. And, and now mm-hmm. you're banging hospital staff's face and saying, "Here I am. I'm a learning disability nurse. Here's what I do. Let me help you." Yeah, yeah, that's true. Brilliant. Really, really good. Well, thank you for joining in. I really appreciate it. No, yeah, thank right. you very much, Dorothy. Okay, Cheers. thank you. I'll be resting for, I'll be just be listening for the rest of the session. <laughs> oh, thank, you, thank you for putting this up. Thank you. Thank you. I noticed Joe requested to yes. speak during that time. She took, took that request down, I think. But if you want to, if you'd like to speak again, Joe, just let us know. Um, and yeah, if any others want to join in, uh, please do so. I wonder if the. Oh, uh, Joe. Oh, hi, can you hear me? Yes, hello. <laughs> oh, you do you do like your different platforms, don't you, Jonathan? <laughs> this is fun, isn't it? Actually, it's yeah. quite nice, because I'm on the phone in my office, my colleague's here. Um, no, hello. It's Trudy. You probably know Trudy, actually, Jonathan. Hi, Trudy. Hello. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm sure I'll get to meet them all in September. Oh, absolutely, Bobby, yeah. absolutely. Um, really interesting what Dorothy had to say about her uh, <coughs> research there. Um, mm. I, I started mine on, um, <coughs> excuse me, uh, men, in, men in Prison, because um, right. I worked in the prison service, and we've just developed some um, new placements in prison services as well. So, um, 
well, I say new placements, they're old placements, but we're going to be new to them. Um, mm. And um, I had some really good times, bizarrely. Made some very good friends in prison. <laughs> um, some of them are still there. <laughs> doing time. Um, so, yeah, no, it's, it's a really varied profession. And um, I mean, I've worked all over doing all sorts of things, including setting up my own company. I don't know, we've got um, the lovely Sue on here today, who's an independent uh, nurse consultant. Um, and actually, I've been working with another independent nurse consultant undertaking vaccinating. And it's been really interesting um, where Brilliant. she's been sat in the vaccination programme is often with the children with sort of kind of additional uh, needs, wants, desires, and children who are really, um, and adults, I have to say, who are very nervous and concerned about uh, what they're doing. And, and her skills have let her, you know, enabled her to work in a very different way with people. It's been just wonderful to watch mm. uh, and be part That's of. Really good. So, That's yeah, brilliant. it is. It's absolutely fantastic. Um, mm. Yeah, so. Joe, I think it's worth mentioning as well because um, you're at Winchester University, which is one of the newer courses to start in learning disability nurse training. Yeah. And the routes into learning disability nursing have widened, haven't they, uh, uh, recently? Yeah, so um, uh, we are, yeah, we've been going three years. We've got an apprenticeship program for learning disability uh, nursing, um, nurse education. And um, I believe there are some more people coming online uh, very soon. Um, so it'll be Brilliant. interesting. Because uh, at the minute we're, we've got the... <laughs> pick of the placements as it were because none of our contemporary um uh, partner organizations who are all based on the south coast um do learn disability nursing um, education right. so we've got bristol to the west um sort of south bank to the east um there's nothing in kent and all that sort of surrounding area south of mm. london so um at the minute we're moving up into oxford placements as well Oh, fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I know from looking myself, Joe, that when I was looking for courses, the closest one realistically to me other than Winchester was Kingston. Yeah. Um, but, um, but yeah, and I think it's, 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 I think it was a really important um, subject to, to, to obviously push that we need more people, more uh, universities offering um, LD nursing mm. because unfortunately it, it, it's not being offered quite as widely unfortunately and I think the thing is that often universities are businesses at the end of the day and they want students they want numbers um, and you know in Winchester when they were setting up the nursing program which hadn't they hadn't had a nursing program here for about 20 years uh, and it was about the people who were doing that um, and my colleague, who is unfortunately an adult nurse, but we'll forgive him because he's got him. He was very keen that we should have learning disability. He's been, he was involved in um, Connor Sparrowhawk's uh, review. Okay. So he saw the need very much. And we had the lovely um, Sue Hill, who was based with HEE, who was just amazing, mm. who was the biggest support ever for us uh, in that. And so it does depend on those people bringing it. Um, you know, we've got, 
about 40, over three years, about 40 students, which is just incredible. And we've got, yes. we are actually, uh, for nursing, we've got, um, a, I think it's 150% increase in our applications for LD nursing. Brilliant. And it's just, just amazing. Um, so, yeah. Lovely. Well, I, it's really, really positive to hear. Thank you, Joe, for for chipping in. And... But before Joe goes off, I guess for other people that might be listening after once we put the recording out, is Winchester? Now you may not be able to answer this straight away, Joe. But will Winchester be offering a postgraduate pre-registration program into LD nursing at some point in the future? Um, we were only discussing that yesterday or the day before. Um, in that, there are people who want to do either a second registration or. Um, have already got a first level degree who could potentially uh, come in and do a level seven um, pre-registration course. And it would be quite an easy win, if you like, um, for for the students and for us to, to have that. So that is really, really important, I think, as a, as a sort of future, a very soon future. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm on several trajectories at the moment, including midwifery, um, for the locality so you know this is something that we have in our plans um i've just come back to work after a short sabbatical and uh, my colleague said if you organize another nmc <laughs> they may well just sort of shut the door and leave here um, yeah. so we've had one every year since we reopened which has been just amazing really yeah definitely brilliant well, well thank you, you. really appreciate you joining and so i what's what's becoming clear in our first ever tweet spaces meet is that it really makes a difference here when people join in it, it makes these com these conversations really useful and interesting so do request the mic if you want to join in um it'd be great to have you taking part otherwise i'm just going to keep waffling with bobby <laughs> <laughs> which we're very happy to do oh mariam sorry is uh requesting Hi, Mariam. Hi, Mariam. Can you hear us? She might just be uh, allowing the microphone. Uh, it looks like she's back to being a listener. Okay. Oh. Mariam, did you want to join in for... Oh, no, she's left. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe she's experimenting as well. Yes. Um, so we were... So we were talking earlier about what are like the ways of advancing in your career. Yeah. Uh, and we mentioned about social care and we mentioned about management roles. Um, there's a few like specialist routes of nursing that you can go down. So um, you, you may have heard, Bobby, of something called Sapphire Nurses. So Sapphire Nurses are nurses who are specifically trained in epilepsy. So there are some learning disability nurses that go down that route and are trained to be a Sapphire Nurse. Um there's Jane Nichols is is a leading light in this, but there there are nurses that are trained to be admiral nurses as well. So that's nurses training to be experts in um, dementia, um, and we know people with learning disabilities are getting older. We know that. Um, that uh, people with Down syndrome, for example, get early onset dementia and are more likely to experience dementia. Um, so, so having n learning disability nurses with those specialist dementia skills is really um, important as well. So that's another career pathway. The advanced clinical practice route. Um, I have to be honest; it's not something I'm really familiar with. Um, I know it's something that the RCN is doing a lot of work on. 
and um, I've had requests from Health Education England to say, do you know any le learning disability nurses that are working as advanced nurse practitioners? Um, and there are some out there because I've put messages out through the through the notice boards. Um, but there's a lot that are actually in training at the moment through the ACP course. Um, I know that Amy Skinner in Oxfordshire is trying to set up a national network for for learning disability nurses doing advanced practice. So um, it's definitely a, a new and evolving route that's that's developing, which which looks really interesting. Mm -hmm. There's obviously the nurse consultant route. Um, which is quite long. Um, I think you, you need to be a nurse consultant, you need to be trained to master's level. Um, you need to have a lot of experience in practice. Um, you need to bring research into your practice in what you do uh, and need to be able to influence um, strategy as well. So, so yeah, so that, uh, that's an, another way of developing. I had another one in mind and it's... Oh, the other one I was going to mention was... Um, about the NMC have part of the register called the SPQ register. Mm -hmm. So uh, SPQ stands for Spe Specialist Practice Qualification. Um, and they, the the SPQ register, largely it's used for district nursing. So it's really important to, to the district nursing profession. But it's for community nursing. And there is a community learning disability section on the SPQ register. Now, again, when I going back to prehistoric times when I trained and qualified, um, when you were working in a community team, all of the nurses in the community team would have had or been aiming towards getting on that SPQ register. Um, it meant that you got on to being a, a G G grade nurse um, banding. Um, all of that changed when a gender change came in. Um, you weren't G-grading the community anymore. They were looking at how to make it more of an accessible route for, for nurses coming through. So the importance to employers went down. But I think reflecting back now on the autonomy and the skills that those nurses had, very much like a district nurse in a lot of ways, they're able to make advanced okay. clinical decisions Um work very autonomously, able to network with the wider healthcare system very, very effectively. Um, I think I think it's a we're missing a trick, and I think at the moment there are 300 learning disability nurses on the SPQ register. Um, the NMC have gone into a consultation about what to do about it, and um, we've been arguing for them to keep it. And I think if we can try and encourage to get more of that going, it will help... Um, yeah, help strengthen the profession and gives us credibility, I think, as well as giving career pathways. 100%. 100%. Miriam, I'm just going to add you as a speaker, as you've requested, and we'll come to you there in a second. Hi, Miriam. I know you've been trying to get on a few times. It looks to me like your mic's muted. Mario, are you able to unmute your microphone? Should be the bottom left-hand side of the screen. She might have to allow the microphone. Okay, well, we'll come to Joe and then we'll come back to Mariam in a second. Cool. Hi, Joe, you're on the air. <laughs> back again. I actually have a, a SPQ and uh, indeed train, uh, my degree, my first degree was um, with, alongside district nurses, health visitors, um, oh, um, 
mental health community nurses. And, um, and yeah, I, I don't think I'm actually registered with the NMC as an SPG. So there's probably quite a few of us out there. Uh, yeah. Probably on, well, you, we know you excuse me to register, don't we? So <laughs> we'll rehash that. But um, indeed, you know, I think there's probably quite a few of us out there. That at the time we got, I was I went from an E grade, no, an F grade to G. Um, I got a year at university to do this honours degree, um, mm. and undertook that that program, and then it was just not required as part of the job descriptions. And I never really understood. It's a real that. shame, isn't it? I, I think it's it does offer a lot of promise for for yeah. us. It, it can give, yeah, so. The, the skills that you came out with after doing that course, I'm sure, because um, they made a very autonomous yeah. practitioner. Definitely. Mm. Definitely. Thank you. No worries. Is that not the route that they're going down with the AMP, that they will be autonomous? Uh, yeah, to some extent, I guess. Um, yeah. Because I know from, I can't remember where I was talking to people about it, but I know that there are several courses now that are specifically catering uh, for AM, AMP, specifically for learning disabilities. I don't know if any, uh, Joe, you might want to come back, um, or any Dorothy, any other nurse educators out there that know the answer to this with regards to um, these specific trial courses that I believe are running. I don't know. I, I think in so in my view, I think it's it it it's always looked really confusing career development and all the different routes that are available because uh, in in a standard career industry, you'd expect career progression to be quite linear. You'd expect to go you this, then you this, then you this, then you this, and. Um, in nursing in general, not just to learn disability nursing, it, it doesn't have to be that linear. Um, so you can jump about all over the place and. We'll often compare, you know, how is an advanced nurse practitioner in comparison to a clinical nurse specialist. Um, the, the most common thing that people look at when they're comparing roles is what's their banding on agenda for change terms and conditions. Um, but that's not a simple story. I mean, the, the, there's multiple factors that influence what banding someone is on uh, agenda for change. And um, so just going by someone's banding alone and saying this job is comparable to that job isn't really a fair comparison oh. so it's um it's more of a soup than a line of spaghetti um for for a career pathway um in nursing i think joe before you jump in because i know you've just unmuted yourself just the way i was always told by again nurses not in the ld branch but a cns or a clinical nurse specialist is someone with a sort of postgraduate diploma level qualification or some sort of postgraduate post-registration training, and then an AMP or someone with generally with a master's qualification um, and beyond. But clearly, it's not quite as uh, like Jonathan said linear as that. Joe, after you, please. Well, I, I would definitely agree with you. It isn't as linear as that. Um, I've certainly got a postgraduate degree and um, I've studied to master's level, but that doesn't necessarily equate to the uh, DNS role. So, I mean, I think everybody's got a viewpoint on this <laughs> and it's not as clear cut as we would assume. Hmm. I think with it, with it being quite new as well, um, it's, it's obviously been, this is a great idea. We've got some good examples of it going forward, but it's going to be for the pioneers to carve the groove a little bit really and say, right, this is, this is what I'm doing in this role. This is what works. This is what doesn't work. And, and hopefully, you know, um, 
services, education providers, nurses themselves can start to learn what works and what doesn't work about the role and help shape it further as it continues. Um, nothing is ever a finished piece, is it? And we're always uh, refining and defining as we go. So, yeah. Really okay. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask was, um, do we think that there's a need, I mean, I think there is, a need for the additional roles in, for learning disability nurses within GP surgeries, or, I mean, I think it would be more cost-effective to have them across primary care networks for health facilitation yeah. and ease of access to health yeah, and there are some good examples of that happening. So there are some learning disabilities nurses that work as primary care nurses, um, which are a really good example of that. I'm pretty sure I'm right in saying Katie Walsh in um, in Devon is doing doing a role like so she'd be a prime example. Um, and I, I think it's about us as learning disability nurses being enablers, um, those who know me will know I use the word enablement quite a lot, and I think it's central to what we do as learning disability nurses. So when we're supporting people with learning disabilities, we're not there fetching them their tea and coffee, getting them their slippers, cooking their food for them, cleaning for them. That's no way to live a life. We're there enabling them to do those things for themselves because it's their life, and we're there to enable them to, to live as independent a life as possible. And it's not too different how we react as learning disability nurses when we working with other health professionals. So a primary care liaison, on nurse wouldn't be going into a GP surgery and doing blood pressure checks and annual health checks for people with learning disabilities. They should be going, right, how can I help you to make your service accessible for people with learning disabilities? And they can do that on a strategic level. They can do it like, like how can we make your practice your practice an accessible environment how can we make sure that the letters that go out are, are getting uh, out there to people with learning disabilities how can we make sure your learning disability registers up to date and then they can drill down and do it on a one-to-one -one basis as well so you know, um, Kevin's not able to, to get into the practice to have his annual health check because he has challenging behaviour we know his challenging behaviour is caused um, when he has to wait because um, he finds waiting difficult and distressing so if we can make the no waiting time or make the quiet waiting time that would make his um his appointment at the gp surgery accessible so so we can drill down into what what does that individual need and how do we make it for that person as well so i think yeah primary care liaison is a really good example of that again it's a very new uh, area of practice and it's not widely um it's, it's not globally available um but the more nurses that are out there doing it and showing how effective it is um how much we're improving people's lives and uh, improving their, their outcomes the, the the more people are going to want it i think mm -hmm. um i guess does anyone do anyone like to share what role they're in currently as as, as an ld nurse or otherwise Anyone like to request the mic? No? Uh, I can waffle some more if not. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I've always been really interested in positive behaviour support, and that's the route I've gone down. Um, so I did a master's in positive behaviour support. I was um, on the pathway to being jointly um, registered as um, a learning disability nurse and a board certified behaviour analyst, and I think that opens lots of career opportunities for learning disability nurses. Um, I think positive behaviour support. People who know me will know I've got a bit of a bugbear about it. As much as I like it, I also end up cursing about it a lot of the time as well. Because as much as um, it is a, a really good and useful, important area of practice, where it's got popular, there's lots of adaptations of what positive behaviour support really is. And I think that risks um, the credibility of it. And as learning disability nurses, we've got a really good opportunity to promote what good positive behaviour support should look like. I wonder if you bring in Amy. Absolutely, and I, but just before you do that, something I want to talk a bit more about at some point, PBS and LD nurses, but I think bringing in Amy, I think, is going to be a... She's a lead clinician for um, leader reviews, um, which I think will be really nice. So let's... I'm just adding you now, Amy. Uh, Hi, Amy. Hi. Um, yeah, I was just responding to the um, question around what role um, I'm currently in. Sorry, um, yeah. you can hear my dogs are um, barking. So I'm just <laughs> Hello, dogs. Um, yeah, I was just responding to what role I'm currently in at the moment. So I'm um, I'm the lead for leader for um, an NHS trust, and was just interested to hear the conversations around the um, the advanced practice course. Um, I finished the course last year um, in advanced clinical okay. practice. Um, and I've had sort of lots of different experiences. I've worked um, in acute uh, hospitals as um, an LD liaison nurse. I've worked as clinical nurse specialist. So it's really interesting to hear about the progression for LD nurses because it's something that, you know, you don't always get to hear it. So just to say thank you is really interesting. Oh, brilliant. Amy, can I ask, did you have um, lots of other learning disability nurses doing the ACP course when you were doing it? Um, so when I did it, there was probably around... Ten, well, I, I did it with a, within my cohort. It was a mixed cohort, so I was probably around. There was about three LD nurses at the time that did it with me. Brilliant. And have they spoke to you about you know what what the benefits are of doing it, whether how it's going to help you for career progression? And... I guess yeah, that's something. I, I, it's really interesting because it's not. I guess having finished the course now, it's quite unclear as to I guess what's the next steps for that. So if there's any information and things that that people have got, then I'd be really interested to hear that. Brilliant. And can I ask you about your role in doing doing uh, leader reviews? So for, for those that, that don't know, that's the learning from deaths, um, isn't it? Yeah. Sure. Hey, how do you find that role? Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, as a lot of you probably know, there's a lot of changes to leader that are sort of coming through um, in April. Um, so part of my role predominantly is to sort of look at reviews and um, and then locally look at learning from them and how we can improve practice. So where I've, I've spent a lot of time in hospital, sort of firefighting and things like that, it's sort of quite positive mm. for me to be able to go into a role where I can then sort of like change practice and work with other LD, um, LD nurses, sort of community teams to look at their practice. So, yeah, it's a really positive, really positive role. Brilliant. So the changes that they're making, it's going to be that it's going to include people with autism without a learning disability. Yeah. Um, and it's going to be about learning from lives and deaths. 
they're the two main changes I think I'm aware of. Am I right? Yeah. So the autism um, adults with autism came. That's now um, in action. So they are now reviewing the deaths of adults with with autism only, and um, yeah. and it will sit within the integrated care uh, integrated care structure. So it will sit with the ICS more than the CCG now from April. <laughs> I, I think it's such a valuable role and, and it's really important that we, we do look at why people with learning disabilities mm. are, are dying earlier than um, than people who don't have a learning disability. And mm-hmm. I think it, the, the letter, last letter review showed something like 46% of deaths of people with learning disability were preventable or treatable. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, I mean, I think the work you're doing to help recognise that and make sure there's learning from that, it's incredible. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. No problem. Thank you. Thank you, Amy. Really appreciate that. I mean, no worries. I was, thank you. I was commissioned uh, probably November last year to do some training for a for a charity in the UK, um, specifically after an incident that had taken place following a young man um, who was hospitalised, etc. Um, and turned out that it wasn't just it was the he, he very nearly passed but fortunately action was taken but the reason he nearly passed was because people's lack of understanding of the mental capacity act which right. i mean i know i love the mental capacity act I, I live and die by it um i was talking to someone from the hampshire ccg recently and he said there's no shame in being an mca geek and I'm quite proud to call myself that now. Yeah. Um, um, just uh, adding Joe. I think Joe wants to yeah. join in. Hi, Joe. guys. Um, I think one of the areas that I'd like to advocate very much, and I know Jonathan's um, passionate around um, supporting that behaviour in a very positive way, but I also think um, when I um, was a community nurse and when I uh, did my – I trained. I didn't have a programme of education. I trained in a long-term institution. Um, and learned an awful lot about things and not how to do things. Um, and I think the working with children has always been a frustration to me. So I worked with children as a commissioner, so I worked in schools. I worked to support children's behaviour um, in a positive manner before we sort of thought about positive behaviour support, I think. So I've been qualified 37 years. Um, I'm very young, can I say? Um, and... You know, that whole support around children is so, so important. And I know it's about children first. I understand that. But actually, if we support children uh, in their uh, adverse behaviour to ensure that that doesn't take over life, as adults, when it's kind of ingrained and learned to a different degree, that's very different, isn't it? Um, Definitely. Yeah. I mean, you know from your own experiences, Jonathan, that, um, you know, if we can nip things in the bud... Um, yeah, early intervention, oh, yeah, definitely. definitely. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's something that we, we don't um, advocate a lot on in uh, when no. we work with people with a learning disability, and that we do a really good job with children. I mean, did you ever work with portage nurses, Joe? Yes, I did. I've still got my portage back. <laughs> <laughs> I, what an incredible role that was oh, yeah. uh, and they did so much like intensive support and education and engagement yeah. with young people with learning disabilities and it gives people a real head start and um yeah that sort of early intervention can can just address so many other things and it's it's about giving young people the building blocks to learn the next steps and to move forward isn't it so 
yeah, re- really good work. Yeah, no, it's great. It's good fun. I think, I mean, there's someone who's listening who will know who I'm talking about. Um, but I worked with a young man um, who came to us on a really high support level package who was displaying the exact same behaviours that he was displaying when he was a, uh, um, a child. Mm. Um, but the intervention hadn't been um, appropriate at the time. Whereas then he wouldn't have had such led of such a restrictive life in his very early adulthood. Um, mm. So yeah, early intervention working with children is huge. Yeah, I, I've worked in children's services. I um, I was a clinical nurse specialist in a CAMS team, and I worked, worked in a secure forensic CAMS unit, and also was a clinical nurse specialist for um, a youth offending team. And um, I think it, the what you know, we notice in children's service compared to adults is there are so many other professionals involved and you've got real good multi-agency, multi-professional teamwork involved. And having ladies in nurse expertise as part of that is is essential, but it's it's different legal framework as well. Um, and I suppose during my career, children's services have changed in terms of um, more of the specialist schools have closed down and there's been more of a move towards integration and um, that's been fantastic for a lot of children with learning disability. It's been a struggle for others um, but it, but I guess that's more more along the lines of you know there's not one solution for everyone and you can't cram everyone into the same box but um, but we, we have kind of come a long way in making schools more accessible and making reasonable adjustments to make schools accessible as well. So no, and I think um, one of the things I've seen over my career, and it, hopefully it's 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 changed since my last foray in, into management and social care, but it does seem that when someone reaches eighteen, they're they're suddenly their te- technically their support needs in terms of their funding level suddenly just drops off. Yeah. Um, and I've also noticed that we've got Jane, and I know you talked about Jane earlier on, Jonathan. I wonder if Jane would talk to us a little bit more about Admiral Nurses. Um, and what they do in learning disabilities. I don't know if you're willing to to take the mic, Jane, and tell us a bit. I've just sent you a request. I don't know if you're interested in that at all. Whilst we wait, I'll carry on about the children's field. So um, I know of learning disability nurses for sure that are working as school nurses. Um, If you ever get a chance when you start your training, Bobby, get a placement with a school nurse um crikey are they organized and yeah they they do a lot a lot of work um i was blown away when i I was um shadowing a a school nurse um so yeah that's another really interesting uh field to go down but we said we could you can work in cam services there's um respite provisions there's also um what am i trying to think of (laughs) Hospices. Uh, now, same working in a hospice sounds like really bleak, like you're dealing with palliative care with children at their end of life. That's not what you'll find in, in children's hospice services. It will be children with life-limiting illnesses for sure, um, but they'll be living with their family and they'll they'll be coming to the hospice to give their families a break. And they're such happy, warm, loving environments. Um, and many of them do employ learning disability nurses as well. Naomi House, that's uh, near us in Winchester, um, they they have a team of learning disability nurses there and, and provide excellent service. That sounds really interesting. I mean, I know I've, I've thought a bit about, I'm one of those people, unfortunately, that I try and think a bit in advance 
Um, I know there's a supported living service in in Southampton that um, that hopefully will, will will take placements, Jonathan. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I just had a message from Mariam to say that she's a community learning disability nurse. I think that's what you're saying, Mariam. If you if you can and want to join and share experience to learn disability nurse, please do. And Jane, James joined. Hi. Yes. Hello. Sorry about that. I, I was actually listening to you guys, but I was on Facebook. And when you said that, I was thinking, oh, no, I got, got very confused what platform I was on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. That'll teach me. Nothing, we couldn't see you listening at that point, actually. Oh. So, so you, you can't always see everyone that's listening to you. Oh, no. okay. oh, dear. So, yes. So a little bit about my role. So, yes, um, OK, so uh, for those who are listening, so I work for an organisation called McIntyre. So it's a charity organisation that supports adults and children with learning disabilities. Um, and my role within that organisation is as an admiral nurse. So I'm a dementia specialist nurse for uh, the service. Um, so it was a two-year funded project. So it was a bit of a gamble for me at the time in terms of, you know, obviously when you look for a fixed post, there's always that worry at the end of it. You might not have something afterwards, but um, yeah. it has now been made um, permanent. So mm. part of that role is a big part of that role is actually looking at upskilling the staff team around how to spot signs and symptoms of dementia um Brilliant. and also supporting them through the the diagnostic pathway which can be a bit of a minefield at times so can i ask yeah. a question of course Jane? yeah so um because i think a lot of learning disability nurses will be aware of dementia and mm -hmm. some may go on and do further training in dementia yeah. but what what do you have to do to get your badge <laughs> to say that you're an admiral nurse okay so um experience so for me it was experience um I've, you know on a personal level as well as well as a professional level um yes there are qualifications of course there are i know some amazing people that have done some amazing um i think you know like masters um degrees in dementia etc so i guess the criteria if you're interested in that line of work is actually to have a keen interest um and the um dementia uk actually have a, a, a e-learning module on their on their website which is free for anyone to access and that gives people a, a, a quite good understanding of what an admiral nurse actually does so Brilliant. I think as long as you've got that keen interest and if you've had some experience supporting adults with um, dementia, then that puts you in, in good stead to apply. Okay. And is it um, Dementia UK that grant you being an admiral so, nurse yes. or not? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So Dementia UK hosts the admiral nurses, so they developed the admiral nurses and, and often we are the the nurses are hosted within another organization so many of them actually work within nhs settings um but also social care settings as well um hospices you mentioned earlier um so you know they can have admiral nurses there as well um i'm aware that my my role is the first learning disability specific admiral nurse um yeah. but they are going to become, they are going to be developing more and more. So, Brilliant. You're a pioneer, Jane. <laughs> and I think um, 
from from my perspective, I think you're opening doors into the Admiral nurses and saying, hello, learning disability mm. nurses are here. And you're opening doors in the learning disability field to go, oh, hello, Admiral nurses are here. And, and this is a possible career pathway as well. So mm. I, it seems brilliant to me. Have you found that? Have you found that the both camps have been welcoming? And yeah, absolutely. And I know that um, Dementia UK do um, do already have um, learning disability nurses in post, um, but they tend to work with the general population, shall we say? So um, not specifically to um, learning disability, but yeah. And one thing I found is that there are a lot of practices that we do within the world of learning disability nursing that are so valuable within the dementia world um, and vice versa. So I think there's a lot to be learnt from each other. Um, and it also gives me that opportunity to speak to a part of the community that might not have that full understanding around people with learning disabilities. So, yeah. you know, which I think as well is really valuable. So, so yeah. Thank you very much, you're Jane. Welcome. That's really interesting. Um, I really appreciate that, Jane. No, Thank you're you. welcome. I can see we, we, we've got about five minutes left, but I can see Sue has re requested Sue. Would yeah. you like to? I'd be really keen to hear from Sue, actually, because she's got quite an interesting-sounding role, though I'm not sure what the acronym stands for. Um, EOLC facilitator for learning disability. So, Welcome, Sue. Hi. I think we might have accidentally cut Jane off then. <laughs> um, I, I think um, it was hearing Jane. So Jane and I used to work together. So it's really, it's always really lovely oh, to join a, a call with her. Um, so following on from what Jane does, um, I am exactly that. I'm an end of life care facilitator for people with learning disabilities. And um, so I'm, I okay. currently work at a hospice in Eastbourne. Um, and um, I'm on a project which actually finishes in in a month, sadly. Um, oh. But the idea was to widen access to good end of life care for people with a learning disability um, across everything, and we've done everything from early recognition of risk of dying, advanced care planning, care of the dying, and bereavement. And so we've that's been amazing. Um, mm. It's not sustainable, unfortunately, at the moment where I am. Um, you know, you, you would be hard-pressed to employ um, a senior nurse in one hospice just dealing with mm. people with a learning disability because there just aren't enough and there isn't enough work. Okay. Um, so at the end of the project, I'm going on to work at um, Greenwich and Bexley Hospice in a generalist role. Um, so I, I won't be specifically working with people with learning disabilities when I start. <laughs> um, <Yeah>. But I <laughs> have... <clears throat> Sorry, I've got COVID at the moment. I'm a bit. Okay. Um, um, so yes. Yeah, so when I when I start, it'll be a generalist role. Um, but the aim is to then um, work on what we can do to bring in a specialist. <laughs> Brilliant! You plant the seed, demonstrate what can be done, generate the evidence, and yeah, change really absolutely. Good. And I think for me, as a learning disability nurse, um, I still and I and I don't know if other people still experience this, but I still get comments about but oh, are you, are you actually a registered nurse? Um, mm. and, and so to fight for my place as a, in a generalist post where I mm. am working with people who don't have a learning disability, but I bring everything that we're good at, you know, all the stuff around communication, the Mental Capacity Act stuff. Oh, my goodness, how many times do I have to remind people 
to that you know we don't talk about people having full capacity you know this person's got full capacity well in that snapshot of a moment they might have had capacity for that decision but hang on um but all of the stuff that we bring is so useful in the generalist population and in recognizing people who have an undiagnosed learning disability or undiagnosed autism and who need additional support so there is loads that we can do even if we're not in our specialist posts absolutely yeah and i think we can we can as a registered nurse we can learn the skills to do any any task that a registered nurse can do and yes. you know, within the nmc code of conduct we have to work within our competencies um but if we develop competencies in i don't know giving injections or um taking part in um hip surgery i don't know um we, we can we can develop those skills and practice as a registered nurse as long as we we're working to our competencies and, and that's the limit yeah absolutely absolutely i suppose something that does make us different from um rgns i suppose registered general nurses um would be the mental health act and, and so under our registration we're similar to registered mental health nurses in that we have nurse holding powers um so there are some legal differences between rnlds and rmns and registered general nurses but yeah i the, to, to have to argue well are you really a, a, a nurse can you really do this role that they're looking at you've got a registered nursing qualification you're demonstrating the competencies for the job the sky's the limit you can do anything you want right really and i think i mean that's a nice sort of um ethos to, to end on um, yeah. I shared a, a tweet the other week from a young lady who's just qualified um, as an LD nurse and she was asked questions like will you be a real nurse what are you going to do with that and I think it's really important I think this hour has shown given the multitude of speakers that we've had talking about their wonderful roles that of course LD nursing is, is, a, is, a, is, a, is a real nursing profession and we are absolutely real nurses and I'm really excited to be joining and becoming one of you in the next three, three and a bit years. Well, thank you for everyone that's listened in. Um, this has been a tester for us. We really didn't know how this was going to work out. Um, I've really enjoyed it. It's been great having a chat with Bobby and, and having uh, other people listening in and joining in. Um, I hope you've enjoyed it too. Do give us oh. feedback. Do let us know how, how it's gone for you. Um, I'm really keen to find ways of having these conversations and, and that we, we're having these conversations in an open space where anyone can dip in and join in and take part. Um, if you've got any suggestions for, for these conversations going forward, let us know. Um, and yeah, Bobby and I will have a chat and we'll try and schedule the next one. We're sort of thinking once a month around mm -hmm. lunchtime, um, pop in if you can. Um, but yeah, keep your eye out and we'll do it again. To get in contact with us just quickly, you can um, tweet us at LD Nurse Podcast um, and we've got an email info at ldnursingpodcast.co.uk. So on that note, Bobby, how the hell do you end these things? <laughs> I just clicked the button. Thank you, guys. Right. Bye. Take care, everyone. Bye. <laughs>